It is 18 hours, 30 minutes and 27 seconds East African time. Time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday the 31st of August 2022. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me again. Here I am, tanned, rested and ready for another, hopefully, long stretch. The focus remains on ideas over individuals and on elucidation over confrontation. So it's quite an order for I don't know to be a right answer. We parted company in time for general elections on August the 9th, and it would be an understatement to say that since then, things have not gone quite according to plan. Our production formula remains pretty much the same. We have a mystery guest who will self-reveal towards the end of our conversation. He, for that is the pronoun to use in this instance, has a legal and film-making background. However, of the essence is that during the past elections, he contested a seat as a member of the County Assembly or MCA for award in Nairobi. We shall deviate from the norm and not have a specific question to random people, as my questioning will be of a more pointed nature. So, Mwanangu, for that is the appellation of the hour, yours is the sort of experience that is the stuff of best-selling memoirs. So, imagine, if you would, that in yours, the chapters are placed in three parts, inspiration, execution and revelation my first question under inspiration is how did this mca venture begin well malimu nimeshukuru sasa tumekuja kuongea hii mambo ya uchaguzi how did this journey begin i guess where do all journeys begin Perhaps it began with um, grandparents who were leaving uh, India, 1890s when the drought was going on. They kind of risked everything. They came on dows. Some of them didn't end up where they're supposed to be, but they took a chance. So I guess you know, uh, taking uh, you know taking a step in terms of uh, trying to be the MCA uh, for a particular ward in Nairobi. Um, took 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 a long time in the making. Um, I guess my journalistic background. Uh, I've been chronicling chronicling uh, events in this country and across Africa for many many years. I've filmed many many elections. I've seen many many things. I've filmed in the slums. So, having seen this and chronicled this as a journalist, I decided. Well something needs to change right and and let's be honest uh, the the problems in in the, in this country the problems with the systems uh the inequalities really sort of uh mobilize me to try and uh make a change make a change so uh, it's, it, what you have um self revealed um Wanangu, is the fact that you are of south asian origin in speaking of daos and the 1890s and a sort of exodus from the subcontinent. 
I would like to suggest that maybe to venture into the service tradition, tradition rather, as a South Asian, was a bit of a mm, lose-lose situation. Well, in terms of the ward I, uh, I've been in, and, uh, the South Asian has always been uh, a winner in that ward. So essentially, I still think in the ward that <laughs> you know, I stood for, the majority are uh, South Asians. Right. So, okay. So let's jump start. You expected the great majority of your quote unquote own people to be able to vote for you. And we'll get there later. But is it too much of a a terrible question to ask? Why didn't you win? Because you lost. <laughs> well, I think, you know, first time I learned a lot of lessons. I think uh, one... You, you know, uh, you mentioned Mwalimu, the the issues going on at the top of the you know the top of the country at the moment. You know, the country is in limbo. The Supreme Court is deliberating on issues, and you know, once again, we've gone into an election where the outcome is not clear. So I went in. I went in as an independent. Uh, I threw my hat in the ring, uh, as Tracy Chapman uh, once said, "If not now, then when." Uh, I remember that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. great, great, great artist. Don't urge me to sing it, but yes, I do know it. <laughs> hmm. I, okay. Right. So, okay. So you, you. Well, put, you can yeah. say it in Swahili. <laughs> if not now, then when? Kamasio <laughs> sasa. <laughs> yeah. Nilini. Nilini. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I was a bit idealistic, a little bit naive. Um, I think the party politics played you know a big role and like I said you know if we're not sure what happened at you know the presidential election are we sure that you know things were okay you know even at at the ward that I contested right well remember our our uh, part headings not our chapter headings we're still in the idea of getting the process going when I'm I'm interested in knowing may I please ask you the the Mickey Mouse questions one of which being one has to be rich in order to even consider the prospect of um, running for an election. Did you go in as a rich man? Did you fund this? And did you spend, dare I say, uh, billions, millions of shillings to... No, I'm pretty broke at the moment. <laughs> right, okay. I'm trying to get... Uh, you so know. where did you get the money from? No, in fact, it was from well-wishers, family. Uh, and in fact, this is an interesting question because... What we started, even before we, um, even before I decided to stand, uh, we decided to start uh, just doing, uh, you know, uh, cleaning, cleaning, cleaning projects within the Kijijis in the ward that I, uh, you know, I live in. So instead of just dishing out cash, which I didn't have much of, uh, instead we started giving um, ladies, predominantly single mothers, you know, from the Kijijis, um, three or four hundred shillings to to help clean up you know, the streets of Parklands. And Tulianza he Vitendo, uh, even before we, we, you know, we decided to stand on, you know, stand on the ballot, right? So we'd, we'd already, you know, had a mission in terms of community service. Uh, and like I said, you know, win or lose, we're going to continue that. Right. So I see shades of 
Barack Obama, uh, wherever he was in Chicago, uh, doing having a wonderful education, and then going back not to making millions as a lawyer, but to sort of doing community health projects and, and making a profile then. Were you alone in all this? Did you assemble a magnificent team, or was your sort of lone ranger approach? To an extent, it was a lone ranger approach. Um, we just decided to start the cleaning program and get momentum. But you know, along the way, we got a you know got a team of people who mainly young people who just kind of just saw the vision. So they became the primary kind of motivators and drivers of this project. So it's it's quite surprising on the uh, you know on a journey like this who will pop up and who will kind of turn up and say, look, I believe in what you're doing and I'm going to fuata you. Okay, so I'm still into the organization. Mm. You've, got, you've got followers. You're, you've got people who believe in your dream. Are you paying them? I'm still interested in the idea of finances. Well, so far, the, you know, the finances came from well-wishers and family. Uh, primarily, primarily, they were, you know, devoted to doing the cleaning exercises. Um, I think going forward, um, since I'm not, you know, I'm not the MCA, um, but going forward, I'd like to formalize some of the projects so that they become self-sustaining projects. So it's not just people coming to clean, but maybe there's a recycling angle um, that can, you know, create employment within these areas. Because having visited the Kijijis that I've been in, um, most of the people just want, you know, decent living, decent jobs. And so if we can create these kind of uh, projects that can not just, we're not just giving handouts, we're giving, you know, giving a sustainable economy within these Kijijis that can actually work, then I think that's the long, longer term project. So win or lose, like I said, we're going to continue with that exercise. Uh, and that's our vision. I'd like to address this idea of a sort of culture and the whole idea of national values. And again, the pointed question is that the majority of us Kenyans uh, don't budge unless somebody takes out a hundred, uh, two hundred bob note and gives it out. So the idea is that when you've got all these rallies, people are coming back, they want to be paid. This is what we read in the papers. So as an independent, if you're not going to be giving out the 200 bob notes, where do you expect to get the 200 votes? Well, that's true. I mean, some of my people said, "Why don't we dish out, you know, hundred bob notes uh, along with the, you know, the, you know, the cards that we printed saying vote for, you know, Murad, vote for Murad um, uh, And and I, you know, I said no, but uh, because they said, you know, this is how the election works. If you want two hundred votes, you've got to dish out two hundred shillings. So, I guess maybe I was naive, but I deliberately decided not to do that. Um, but we have the we have the precedent that was done in the elections before. We can name names because another activist in the name of Boniface Mwangi had gone for Starehe, didn't dish out the millions, and lost to the person who presumably may have. I'm being very careful with my syntax there. The people's choice on paper didn't win. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this is the reality. And I think it goes back to sort of party politics, because um, if a party chooses someone irrespective of, you know, their merits or their integrity as a leader, 
unfortunately, because of the power of the party, they come into power. Right. Um, so uh, you, 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 did you go into this? The very last question before we take a break. Did we? Go, did we? Did you go into this to to prove a point? You could be. You could be in there. The people sort of want to run so that maybe one day a woman president will come. They just want to be a forerunner, sort of, um, but pessimistic. I think I went in with a lot of optimism. Um, again, a bit of naivety. Uh, but uh, like I said, you know, a lot of us spend time, you know, debating these issues, talking about things, but we don't really... Uh, do anything about it. And w- one of the unfortunate things, and I think, you know, you're mentioning the South Asian uh, background. I, unfortunately, we had a lot of people with uh, a lot of uh, a fight in them, integrity, who, who stood up, you know, like the Muckan Singhs and the Pio Gamma Pintos. I, I'm, I'm still looking for, you know, those kind of people who can, who can, who can push the, the, you know, the South Asian vision and i'm not saying the south asian vision in terms of this is a community a vision that can integrate uh, with, with 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 all the communities it's not just about the south asians all these problems are uh, are integral and 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 we need to work on them together uh, right a short break if you would yeah Wanangu, we continue. I know that uh, one of the chapters was meant to be execution, but I'd like you to go back on your last sort of paragraph and to draw you more broadly on the possible impact of minorities in the politics of the nation. Again, the sort of given is that, you know, our wonderful phrase, they should all lie low like envelopes and say nothing and hope that there is no disturbance of the infrastructure that sustains them. As long as South Asians are doing business, we're fine. As long as Europeans, Caucasians are running safari camps, we're doing fine. But don't, whatever you do, try to be a political leader. Yeah, I remember you're saying, uh, I think the phrase was, uh, you know, who are you supporting back in, you know, the the 1990s? And they used to say, uh, Ajip. Yes. Remember the petrol station, yes. but it was Ajip, so it was any government in power. Yes. So I think to an extent, uh, and I, I, you know, I state, uh, you know, I'll state this openly. I think the the South Asian community still are sort of sitting on the fence, possibly because of fear that their business interests will be, you know, I- you know, attacked or interfered with. But uh, you know, my, my my challenge is that we, you know, if we want to have better representation and and a better voice, then we 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 can't really sit on the fence. And I think we've we've been sitting on the fence for for too long, and we've been kind of backing both sides, like I said, any government in power in order to secure our interests. But I think in the longer term, we need to make a you know better stand and 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 not just think of it in in such a selfish way. I would rem- I know for a fact that um you were wooed by both camps as it were. I think we've had a, g- a guest before who's 
talked about an organization bringing together South Asians and you were visited by the front runners. You were visited by uh, Kenya. Um, you were visited by Azimio, uh, Kenya Kwanzaa, and the leaders came to chat to you. As an independent, did you feel that you were leaning to a sort of ideological stance? Are we heading to the conservatives versus Labour kind of notion, Democrats versus Republicans, high taxes, no taxes for the people? Is this all about ideology or is it all about the transfer of money? Well, I think uh, uh, standing as an independent, I, 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 I do really think that, you know, the party politics has kind of caused so much chaos in this country. It's led to tribalism. It's led to patriarchy, par- parochialism. Um, so I, I, I think, and, the, and, and this continues to happen. I mean, the fact that we've got the kind of debacle going on at the Supreme Court as a result of this kind of party politics proves that it, it, it doesn't really work. So I think uh, standing as an independent, fresh ideas. Uh, we had a really good manifesto. It was issues-based, uh, not uh, based on class, not based on where you're from or who you are. Very, very specific issues as to how to transform this particular ward in Nairobi. And our aim was to try and make um, a model ward, not just for Nairobi, but for Kenya and the rest of the world. Why not? We've got the people, we've got the capacity, we can do these things. I would like now to, we'll return to that under part um, revelation and become philosophical, (laughs) but um, let's go to the execution. So now uh, we are, it's August the 9th, it's election day, again, uh, the open-ended question, did things go well for you on the day, and were you of the impression that you were living through a free and fair exercise or do allow me an or or did the red lights begin to come on even on the 9th 10th 11th and 12th let alone the 31st as an independent uh, in a in a ward in Nairobi uh, I had to mobilize 70 agents um, across all the streams uh, after all of that, so they had to be ferried to the uh, particular uh, voting stations. They had to be given food. And at the end of all of that, uh, then we needed agents at the tallying center. Um, so this was a big exercise just for a, you know, a humble independent like me. But uh, I'll be honest, when the tallying started uh, for, for my constituent and, and my ward, it was very, very difficult to keep a track on what was going on. Um, Elaborate, if you would. Okay, so we had... Remember, our, remember you're writing your memoirs. I'm sure <laughs> to get the chapters going there, you need a few more words. To well, I mean, the there were a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, the, the voting agents couldn't get home, you know, after they'd uh, overseen the tallying. So uh, most of them slept at home, well, slept in two cars at home, uh, and then we had to get back to, you know, the tallying center in the morning. So it was it was total chaos and we were trying to get some direction. And, and, and to be honest, we didn't know when the votes were going to be announced. We were told that we would be called uh, as soon as the Parklands High Ridge uh, 
as soon as a particular award was be- was oh, well, being well, announced. Okay. Yeah, okay, you you said it. You you said well, no, it. Okay. You said it. Falklands High Ridge. That's who you are. So so literally, from from our point of view, with our agents, it was almost impossible to know what was happening because. Uh, Votes were coming from different uh, wards in the constituencies at different times, uh, three in the morning, four in the morning. We didn't know what was happening behind the scenes. So from a logistical point of view, it, it was very difficult to know whether things were going, you know, yeah, or I, things, were, things, things were happening according to how they should. should. You know the question that, that comes to mind, and uh, do forgive me, you're a guinea pig. You're an absolute guinea pig. I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying it's not an insult. It's just a description. What, I, what, what I'm saying is, how can one go into an enterprise without knowing how it's going to be? This is the second, are we calling them digital elections, uh, that we've had. We are being told that it's one of the most expensive, if not the second most expensive in the world. We're all reading the papers much more expensive than the elections in India, results took a shorter time, and it cost somebody, uh, the taxpayer, the donors, the international community, 40 billion, either some demarcation of money, cost a lot of money. And you're saying to me, you didn't know what was going to happen next. Doesn't sound good in your memoirs, I'll tell you that for Dudley. Well, I I, I think what's, what's the hardest thing to sort of reconcile is that I, you know, I ask for a bit of money here, there and everywhere. At the moment, you know, you've got people, st- uh, you know, starving in the country. And yet the amount of money that has been spent, mm. not just in terms of, a, you know, an election exercise, you know, 40 billion or whatever that doesn't pr- you know, provide results. But what about the amount of money that all these politicians spent on trying to get to where, you know, where they are? And if that money could have been spent, literally, you know, there are people starving in Turkana, there are people living on, you know, half a million a day. Maybe I'm being a bit, bit idealistic, idealistic, but unless we change this sort of paradigm where we're spending billions on an election that doesn't produce results, and then the politicians are spending billions in order to get to there, then, then, then I think, you know, we have a serious problem with, uh, you know, with our system. Well, I, I would agree, and maybe that's within not within the scope of this particular conversation because we're talking about lived experience. So if you'd be so kind, I'd like you to comment on the fact, um, for example, that people, because there's so much going on in bars, restaurants, marketplaces, the idea that people only voted, that was a one-vote race for the president. But people like yourself who are MCAs uh, people didn't care uh, about you at all, so they cast one vote. And but you were you were carting about six other bits of paper. Uh, so I'm asking, were you there to witness the voting process? Were you there looking at behaviour patterns and perhaps taking a film? Because you're a filmmaker. Yeah, you no, know, we had our agents. We 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 did the interviews. I I you know I think I think you know you made a great point, which is that. And I've, you know, I've asked, you know, people across, you know, uh, different constituencies, you know, you know, Uber drivers. I asked the Uber driver, and most of them don't actually know uh, who the member of the county assembly, you know, is or was. Right. So it, it's it's very ironic because you know the member of the county assembly is the most directly uh, elected and uh, responsible. Uh, you know, leader uh, in terms of your particular area. So right. 
that the, the fact that you know people decided to vote for governor and and president but not to know who the you know the person who's responsible for their safety and their kijijis uh responsible to make sure you know the lighting is 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 taken care of to make uh, be responsible for the opportunities and and development of of, of you know of their area most people didn't know who 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 they were or who 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 was standing Uh, which, which is which, unfortunate because this is yeah. this is the closest representative you have in terms of the hierarchy of government. So in sort of European politics would you um compare yourself to in French but the mayor the mayor of some sort of um district in France or the mayor? I I guess it's the you know I guess in in the UK they call it the mun- municipal council. Right. So local government local, uh, local government local and, government and yeah. therefore yes okay yeah. the other thing that I would like to ask you about because as it's pointed yeah. Yeah. did you feel that you were given the whole notion of uh, publicity in other words that you had the wherewithal to were you going I don't know I wasn't there I'm sorry I didn't watch yeah. your campaign but could you be seen to be whizzing along in a truck with a megaphone telling people what's what were you intimidated by other uh, what are the what are the negatives were people sort of trying to beat you up or you thought you know everything is wonderful no i mean a couple of times in you know in 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 one of the I, you know i call them the kijijis and one of the times you know we were there trying to sort of mobilize and clean the streets and then literally the car was you know the car was attacked because i guess people wanted money and they thought you know uh you know kiongozi amefika so you know there's you know there's money to be to be made or or gained so it was it was a, it was it was quite frightening um but you know the next time i went into that kijiji um i just told people look i'm here to clean and in fact uh, we had a couple of young children walking with us and and and, and nobody 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 gave us a hard time but uh, but so i the, think the, that the through line the entry point wanangu was that if you did something for the community the worst possible problem they had at the time was a lack of cleanliness and if you but i'm hungry i don't have a job so you, you know the, the american expression you can see where i'm going with this <laughs> did you go for for the for the point of least return uh I I guess I I guess um I I went for something that I thought you know instead of dishing out money and try just trying to sort of win at all costs and the end justifies the means uh I decided to do something more you know more grassroots and it, it's interesting because the, you know this issue came up in in a, another interview I did with uh another radio station which is Oh my is god the, another radio station Well, well not oh, this oh, one I mean that's <laughs> No, but you know the issue came up about you know the the, the kind of the, the the you know the so-called slums around uh, the ward I'm in, and you know how do we control um, you know the, the you know the potential for crime you know you know emanating for this slum, and and you know my point was very clear is that you know the people who live in this slum are the same people who look after our homes, who look after our children who uh cook food who serve us in restaurants so we have a vested interest in, in them um because it's not just a one way street and i i'm i'm very categorical about that you know in terms of uh, i think the problem with kenya is uh 
And I think some of the themes that you've mentioned in the past is how have we progressed since independence and you know, how has successive government or government, government, governments delivered. I think the, the, the one overriding issue remains, Malimu, is that the inequality in our society is overwhelming. Overwhelming. And I think you'll agree on that one. I'm not allowed to say anything, but I think I sort of um, uh, kind of... Uh, we'll have a break. Mwanangu tumerudi angani. I think that's like, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe it's that. I don't know. Well, you ha- will have to self correct. Um, but um, uh, I, onwards we go. Twende, twende, twende kazi. Tuko kali, kali kama serikali. Tumetoka hapa lakini tutenda bali. <laughs> You're a rapper. My goodness. I, I, I cannot match you. Um, um, uh, I can't match you in your theatrical <laughs> skills either, John. <laughs> right. So um, here we go. Um, let's get serious again for a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to sustain this idea of the experience that you had. And uh, had we had, which I said we won't, uh, a question to the people. Mm. That question would have been, is there any way you would have predicted that what we're living through now was going to happen on August the 9th? You know, I've been covering, I, I've, you know, I first voted in 1997. I voted for, you know, I was very, I, you know, I voted for Charity in Gilu because I thought, you know, the women should come in and this could be a new change. Uh, 2002. Uh, was a was you know the so-called new dawn uh, for Kenya, and then I covered you know I was right in the thick of things uh, in 2007 uh, when literally the shit hit the fan, and we were right in the middle of everything. And I remember being there uh, when uh, 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 language, 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 sorry, please. Sorry, sorry, uh, well, uh, we'll delete that, but we okay. heard it <laughs> go on, uh, when no, things when things got out of hand. When things got out of hand, 2007. Um, and we were right in the middle of everything. We were there at, uh, you know, we were there at KICC when, you know, the journalists were chucked out and everything. And um, to be honest, I mean, you know, how much has changed since then in terms of our electoral process? I, I don't think so. I mean, the only the last election that was kind of clean and fair was 2002. And here we are 20 years later facing doubt, uncertainty and um the same kind of problem. So I don't I don't see that much has changed in terms of how we, we conducted uh, conducting our elections. So I'm not that surprised that the events, you know, that took place on August the 9th took place because we haven't rectified what we should have done, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 15 years ago. We haven't we haven't made those changes. I think this is the kind of program where I can draw you to philosophize a little and I want you to I want to draw you on this whole notion of African solutions to African problems. The whole idea of the African Renaissance, a brand new dawn, uh, go and listen to Tabon Becky's speech on YouTube, that we are heading uh, all these things that are said about Africa, the, the, the continent of opportunity, the youngest continent, the continent with the greatest mineral wealth. But, dare I say, we are still imitating forms of governance 
which one could say are imported. They're an imposition on our culture. So you're saying, is it possible to say we can't deal with this? Therefore, where are our thinkers? And as somebody with a legal brain, if you say things aren't working properly, how might you suggest they would work otherwise? Sorry, that's a. But maybe we have to. Well, I think uh, I, maybe, can, I can. Maybe, I, I, maybe, I guess. Maybe, I, maybe we should switch onto the tome about the my philosophy instead of my memoirs. Well, well, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I think you know, you know, I, you know, you like. I don't know if you like your reggae music, but I think you know. I mean, you know, emancipate yourself from mental, mental slavery. slavery. None, None but, but ourselves can, can free yeah. our. So I think we're still yeah. stuck in that mindset. Hmm. You mentioned Tabo and Becky. We did a lot of work with camera picks. Uh, when when uh, you know uh, Obasanjo and Tabo and Becky uh, were 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 creating this sort of African Renaissance, and there was a lot of hope that we can solve our own problems, um, and so we did a lot of work, you know, on that. But I I still think, yeah, uh, we're still beholden and still trapped by uh, let's yeah, not no, call no. it colonial, but it just just a kind of glo- global kind of... When I'm, uh, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm being unfair on you. We're saying we've got election observers. Mm-hmm. We've got some... You know, what happens? You said 2022, 2017, 2009. Elect- election observers pitch up. Everybody has a little speechifying. Uh, what happened? Did we have a free and credible election? Oh, this has been marvellous. We've never seen anything like it. Bravo, Kenya. It was all transparent. We saw everything on the news. And then, and I'm not going to use your expression, but I feel very much like I do want to talk about things hitting the fad. It's all gone pear-shaped. I mean, I've seen many things. I saw 2007 when, you know, uh, when... um, when the commissioner then Kivuitu, you know, ran out of the KICC hall, and I, you know, I, 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 I you know, I was filming, and I'm supposed to be an ob- objective as a journalist, but when the moment he moved out of that hall, I, I did tell him, if you, if you leave this hall, this counting hall, there's going to be chaos in this country, and literally within about 20 minutes, the journalists weren't allowed back into KICC, and uh, we could hear gunshots, you know, from Kibera and and and, and further afield. Uh, the, the events on, you know, August the 9th, you know, that, that scene where people were attacking things, I mean, it, it was even more bizarre in a way than 2007. And, and the whole world was watching again, and, and, and this is how it, you know, this is how it went down. Not but, too good, right? Not too yeah, good. Yeah, but let's, let's, let's unpack what we're seeing on the TV screens, because we've established several things. Lots of money is being spent. Mm. Everything is hunky-dory in terms of the technology. So the people who are coming out looking really bad in all this are, and you've alluded to it to some extent, the leaders in whom we are placing our trust across as many divides as you wish wish to mention. Now, uh, it wasn't the white man, it wasn't the yellow man, it wasn't the pink man who said people should be able to choose good leaders. So is this something we don't know? Are we, are we leaving it to our great-great-grandchildren? Are we leaving it to a sort of French Revolution-style thing? Which way Africa? Which way Kenya? Um, I think we definitely we, we, we need to do things differently, um, definitely in terms of the electoral process. I, I, I think uh, there should be better solutions. Um, 
I, I, you know, there's a there's a vicious cycle, which which is that you know, which 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 is which is which is discomforting because what happens is that you get worse leaders, people have less interest, so the less people vote, so fewer people cho- choose the leaders. So, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a big problem with the democratic process. Um, I, I I do think. Um, in fact, I was talking to someone. All these election ki- uh, kits cost so much. Why don't you know? If we're talking about Pan African solutions, have a Pan African body that uses kits that are purchased at a reasonable price, and then the elections are conducted, you know, properly, uh, properly across the board. Yes. Now, this is this, this could be a very practical solution if we want to try and solve this. Right. Get the African Union to agree on a committee that purchases kits that are reliable and then they oversee the elections all over you know all over the the continent but you know maybe that's or, a that's or, a pipe dream i don't know or perhaps a, i don't know have an african union that actually travels from place to place with different commissioners from 52 different countries that sort of uh, stems the idea of uh, it, it would probably be more economical if you if you look at it you know if we, we really thought about that but maybe you know someone's benefiting from some tender somewhere i don't know Right, so we're very much in the realm of part three of your memoirs. We've mm-hmm. we've gotten into it, you know, by force of conversation, which <laughs> is the revelation bit. So, um, still, as we get into that, what have you learned from this experience? What has become clear to you? Because, and let's load that again. Give yourself another five years. Would you continue cleaning the streets and saying, this is the Kijiji I want to enlighten and hope that in what's 22 plus 5, 27, you're going to run again for MCA and this time you're going to win? Because you said you're optimistic, so I'm riding off your energy. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, 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 I don't think I started this exercise, uh, you know, in order to get political office. I, 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 the idea of standing as an MCA, w- w- you know, was that if you if you want to try and change things and if you're in that position, you know, you're able to legislate, you're able to advocate, you're able to represent, you know, the people. But I think the broader vision remains whether I'd stand in, you know, in in another five years. Um, I'll leave that open. But I think, you know, that, you know, continuing with the vis- vision, I think, uh, you know, is, is definitely, you know, it's definitely something I'm going to continue doing um, because I, I don't think I was doing it just for you know getting the seat or getting the benefits of the seat. Uh, that's so, uh, firmly I believe that. Yeah, but I did. I, did, I, I wish you to become a philosopher, <laughs> and I, I want you to go back to the people that we have, where we have this idea of constant movement of allegiances. So even now, as things stand, somebody is declared president-elect. And some constituency says, no, 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 sorry, we were with you, Baba, one day, now we are with. Uh, Again, because we've had the same names and the same uh, jigsaw puzzleists for the last 30 years. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. So, you know, you know, one day, you know, this side is, uh, you know, fighting the other side. The next time they're in bed together. Mm. And and so the circus kind of continues, you know, how to break it. which leads on to the education, so a civic education. Uh, how, in a in a country where, oh gosh, what unfair questions to you as a, you know, I'm sure you'll never come back again. <laughs> if the educational system isn't uh, raising people to the level of awareness of what the problems are, then surely we'll be 
always at that level where we go for a good rally. We put on a reggae tune, maybe the one you've just we've just sung together, <laughs> dance to it, and take off with a hundred bob. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, uh, uh, you know, registration was uh, low in mm. terms of you know what the IEBC wanted. I think they wanted six million new, new regist, regist, you know, registered voters, and they got about one point three or five or eight. So obviously, the apathy, you know, it remains, and that's the vicious cycle. You know, the worse things get, the you know, the worse the election process gets, the you know, less people want to get involved. And I noticed that in in my ward because. Definitely, I, in, I I was impressed because the elderly people came out, but the youngsters, yeah, they just kind of decided to watch Netflix or do something else. So it was, you know, it's a big problem. So, so would you would you like to comment on the role of the young? Did what was your experience of the ones that turned up to your particular barazas or whatever the word might be? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think. I, I, I think this was across the board, so it was not just in our community. I think it was kind of noticeable that you know the youngsters didn't register and didn't turn up. So how how do you transform that? How do you, how do you do that? And they're the bulk of the population. It is a big issue, and I don't think the IEBC really had the budget or were really going about. You know, uh, didn't uh, have the budget with forty million. Well, I don't know where they spent it, but there was very little sort of you know voter mobilization or education you know across the board. I remember people who wanted to register and change their you know people who I was encouraging to come and vote for me, and literally on the last two three days of the you know the registration, we went to the places where they were, and there was no there was no staff there. Uh, let alone, you know, the idea of encouraging people to vote and explaining to them, you know, the importance of voting. Uh, there was very little of that. So in terms of civic education, uh, that's what I saw on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, another question about the the, the process is mm. on the day, mm -hmm. uh, this idea of voter apathy. Mm. You had, we've agreed you don't have that much money. Mm. Did you have a logistical count of the number of people that you thought would vote for you? We're getting into this whole idea of polling. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm asking you the individual question from the from the micro to the macro, mm -hmm. because part of this particular election was geared to this idea that we were goaded into believing that one particular party was in the lead because of the polls. You know, and, 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 and in the white man's land, so to speak, you have the idea of exit polls. Mm -hmm. So right in the beginning, they're already beginning to predict that the way things are going, come six o'clock, um, Wanangu will be the president. But it doesn't seem to happen here. We can't predict anything. Yeah, it's very yet, yet we've got all this fancy gadgetry to predict. No, it's very difficult to predict. In fact, uh, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the days leading up to the election were, were were interesting because, you know, there was momentum. But then as soon as the, the sort of when it came to the tallying and the idea of predicting or even finding out what was going on, it was it, it was almost impossible. Um, you know, I you know, I heard, you know, Sakaja spent uh, Johnson Sakaja spent 15 million on on just putting his agents into place. Uh, like I said, I had, you know, as a as a humble independent, I had to put 70 agents into place and and then when it came to the tallying and it took it took about nine days to get the actual result for for my ward where there was about 15,000 people 18,000 people who voted you know again there was about below 50 so you know one wonders you know wh you know where's the transparency you know in this respect because it took about nine days to get the official results right 
It took about nine days to get the official results, and we're going to have our final break. Monangu, it is 19 hours, 15 minutes and 32 seconds. We've got 15 to go. I'm sure we can make it. I would like you to philosophize. This is your philosophizing day. We electronic digital versus manual. You went into the elections with a great trust in the idea of what technology could do to make the process more transparent. Do you feel disappointed now? Will you never pick up the smartphone again? Yeah, I think I think it's disappointing. I think with all this technology that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get this, you know, this right, and we spent so much money. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, I might, I, I might still have a crack. I, I you know, I think, you know, uh, uh, like Einstein said, you know, bad things happen when good people do 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 nothing. So if we if we if we just sit around and we don't try and make a, make a change, then nothing will change right so I, I i i but i do agree i mean i think this whole technology you know you know has kind of failed and and it is proof is in what's going on at the apex court as we as we sit here and speak as a, as a contestant as a candidate did i'm still going along this path of did you know what you were letting yourself in for in other words did you say if i run a good campaign I've got enough backing and goodwill from people who are of my own kind and all things being equal, I ought to succeed. What went wrong? Because you know how that you were quoting Bob Marley just now. What about he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day? Uh, when's the other day that you're going to live to fight if you're so disappointed? Well, I, I think you live you live and learn before your bridges burn. I I I, I think you know I, I you know I fa- faced a lot of challenges in my life. Um, um, you know, as a journalist, filming sort of conflicts, uh, interviewing people, going into the slums, uh, filming the post-election violence. But I think, like I said somewhere else, I think the biggest challenges is uh, you know are in your head. Uh, it's the sort of mental challenge that okay, fine, can I do this? And am I going to do it if I don't succeed? The first time, you know, I I think I'll keep trying, <laughs> to be honest. Right, and, and I, I, I I will, I will, I will. I mean, I I know the processes. I know the processes. Right, yeah. I I want you to to lean more to 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 the pronoun we. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you as an individual will continue to fight your struggles, but you keep on mentioning, for example, the post-election violence, and I'm sure you're referring to 2007. Mm. Now, one of the great sort of you know the sword of Damocles that hangs over us is that whatever happens. We want peace as long as peace is returned. So for those, as a journalist, for those of us who are too young to remember, could you evoke what it was that happened in 2007 that you dread to see ever happening again from a journalistic standpoint because you were covering it? I, I think it was pretty horrific. You know, we were in Mathare, we were in Kibera. I mean, you see these things firsthand. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, my, <laughs> I don't think I have the guts to be a frontline journalist. A lot of the people who I worked with at Camera Picks, you know, were, you know, had covered Somalia, had covered uh, Rwanda, you know, all sorts of things. I don't, I don't think I, you know, personally have the appetite. But, 
you know, what we saw then was enough to sort of say that, you know, if, if, if things aren't done properly, then the consequences are, are you know, are pretty bad. Um, so there was, I, I saw enough to realize that, you know, if things aren't done properly, then, you know, the consequences, you know, become very, very nasty. And, and we, you know, we were filming, we saw people who were shot, you know, we visited the hospitals. It, 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 it wasn't pleasant, you know. Would you would you go as far as to because we're, we're, this is an, an ongoing sort of we haven't written Act Three and the denouement of our play. <laughs> would you go as so far because you know as a sage, let me take you the hat of sage. What is it as we go through this process of self-examination? What must we avoid? Are you suggesting that maybe one side will just say we'll chuck it all in? Um, you know, um, you rule for is that is there something worth fighting for that will lead the process forward with the the what the terrible t word the truth does the truth lie somewhere or is it all an amorphous mess well i think the truth is amorphous i think you know we all sort of strive for some sort of you know truth um I think if we're going to be honest about the situation in the in the country, I think we 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 have to kind of do things differently because otherwise we're you know bound to repeat the cycle. So, to an extent, I think we might need to sort of remove the the sort of you know mental shackles um, uh, and the, uh, of the the kind of democratic system we have. I know we we changed the constitution in two thousand and ten, but I don't think this way of doing things and and this kind of model. Unless we change that fundamentally, I don't think things are things are going to things are going to change dramatically. I think we're going to repeat the same mistakes, you know, over each election cycle, unfortunately. So I think you know, a fundamental change in terms of, you know, does this democracy work, and should we be looking at more, let's say, African or internal solutions in terms of how we're going to solve our problems? I'd like to draw you on the idea of your coming from a minority. Uh, we've revealed that you're South Asian uh, is there again do you reflect upon the larger role that minorities can play with the suggestion that they're not doing enough given the means that they have because if for example your community is tasked with that the understanding is that it runs the economic wheels of the country it has the capacity to influence the donors giving us billions of pounds sterling and dollars, uh, whatever, the business community, do you think you could fund right as opposed to wrong? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think, okay, so I think now it's kind of a little bit clear that this mystery guest, guests, you know, stood for Parkland's, you know, High Ridge Ward. I know I let it out, naughty me, but anyway. Uh, so I think, you know, the irony there is that, yeah, you've got a wealth of resources, uh, not just financial, but in terms of expertise. And yet this is not translating into, uh, you know, proper management of, of, of the affairs. And, and in fact, you know, it, it, when we, even though we've got, a, you know, we've got the hospitals, we've got the hotels in this area, we've got the businesses, this is not really translating into maintaining a proper environment and a proper, a pro, you know, a, a proper ward. So this is the irony of the whole situation that we've got the resources, we've got the finances, but we're not able. And we individually as, as the Asian communities, we're able to contribute to hospitals, but we're not able to kind of change the fabric uh, and, and the environment in, 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 in which we live. 
Uh, but there are two uh, South Asian communities, if, if you would, because there are those who sort of would go back and say, my grandfolks came here in 1890, such as you. Then they are, what is the term which we all know? They're the rockets who flew in last year. <laughs> <laughs> so the rockets have flown in. Is there, uh, is there a disconnect between people who feel a sense of patriotism and those who are here to, in a word, milk the country for all it's worth? <laughs> I think everyone's looking for economic opportunity. So, you know, when my grandparents came, uh, you know, in the 1890s or, or whenever, they were looking for opportunity. So I guess the Rockets are also looking for opportunity. But I, 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 yeah, it, it, would, it would be better if it was more cohesive and, and then we had, a, you know, a joint agenda. I mean, I, I, like I said, if, 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 if my parents, grandparents hadn't got here, you know, who knows what would have happened. Um, so I guess these, 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 you know, these people are also coming for opportunity, uh, but I think it needs to be, you know, planned. It needs to be more cohesive. Uh, and again, I don't think, you know, as the Asian community, to be honest, we're really speaking as one voice. And that, you know, I, I still say that, you know, we, we, we go back to the days of the Muck and Sings and the Pio Gama Pintos and all these people. But at the moment, I still don't think we're, you know, we're speaking with one voice. And, and that's that's my issue in terms of you know, the South Asian community. But I don't look at it as a South Asian community issue per se. I think, you know, we have a lot more to contribute. And I, I, I you know, I, I take a much more integral view of, of, of community and the world. And that's why I think, you know, our, our destinies is tied, uh, you know, tied in with the people who we live and work around with, who look after our homes, who, who take care of our children. We, we have to look at it from that point of view and not, you know, just, uh, you, know, you know, one way. Uh, I think the time has come for you. <laughs> yeah, we, we know a little bit about you, except your name. Your name, sir. <laughs> so my name is Murad Rayani, yeah. a.k.a. Murade. Uh, yes. That's the campaign name I, I used. Suits uh, you. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because Murade uh, is a Kikuyu name and it, it has two meanings. Uh, uh, Murade is, uh, is one who fires fires the arrow and it's also one who kind of sees what's going on, you know, you know, further on. But I, I'm not sure, I, you know, I did, I did see what was going to happen in this election. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a, a lawyer, a journalist, filmmaker, um, activist, um, enjoy, um, enjoy uh, music, um, enjoy the kind of banter, uh, do a bit of writing. Is but that what you're calling our conversation? Banter? Okay. Oh, I yeah. look it up did, in I, did, did I Did I offend you? Sorry, this is intellectual oh, discourse. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy intellectual discourse. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but we're not, we're not um, again, at this, do, do get me right, in this section of the, of the program, we're not interested that much in... Um, self-revelation I've got five brothers and sisters whatever uh, we're talking about inspiration so I would ask you uh, because our audience is a young audience how did you get to where you're at and how would you encourage other people to do the same you started off as a lawyer and then you're making films now what if uh, one of my biological sons wanted to be Murad Rayani what did you do what are the hoops through which you went I think, you know, to, to, to an extent, okay, you know, I mean, you know, I had a relatively, you know, privileged upbringing. Um, and so, you know, not, not, not too wealthy, went to a good school, managed to go to university. But 
I think, you know, the lessons in life is that, you know, uh, always just push yourself. And if you want to learn, learn from people who, uh, you know, what you what you what you study um um, what you learn in the you know the, in the books and then you go to school isn't isn't really like uh, I I think look elsewhere. And I, I w- my advice to the young people is is push yourself, challenge yourself, look for mentors. Um, I'm not advising the young people to follow my path in terms of you know standing for elected office, but you know my my point is that you know I think it's 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 important to challenge yourself and push your boundaries. Uh, whatever age you are. Um. I'd like to ask you something about, uh, because again, I'm getting into this, the South Asian community by definition is a very sort of structured, you go this way, become a lawyer, pharmacist, uh, you were doing well, then you went into the creative arts. Did this, did you follow your own heart? Did you rebel in some way? And would you encourage other young people to do the same or to do what mummy and daddy tell them to do? <laughs> well, I don't think I did what mummy and daddy told me to do. So, I mean, my advice is, I think, I think you know, uh, as long as you're kind of challenging yourself and pushing the boundaries and, and, and exploring the world, I think young people have a very good opportunity because when we were growing up, uh, you know, we had one, one TV channel, we had very few textbooks. Now, you know, the use of the, you know, the, you know social, social media and technology means that, you know, the world is out there. You can learn, you can learn about filmmaking, you can learn about, being a politician you can learn how to be a musician you can be like Yego and learn how to throw a javelin just from the YouTube so you know the world is your oyster I mean you know don't don't uh, rest on your laurels and 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 keep pushing and 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 challenging yourself and I think I that's why I that's what I'm still doing and I think that's why I went to you know I stood for the election not necessarily to win but just to challenge myself and say okay fine how far can you go with an idea and who can you inspire with that idea Brilliant. Thank you so very much for coming. It's uh, We have to we stop there. Time? Okay. We have to stop. We do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring, on the Twitter handle at Capital FM Kenya or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 0701-984-984. I've been talking to lawyer, filmmaker, activist and of late electoral contestant Murad Rayani. And you've been listening to John Sibiokumu on Wednesday. Thank you for doing that. Until next time.